Welcome back, everyone. Does capitalism get you down? Does the constant pressure to be productive get to you? Are you tired of being a cog in the machine? Productivity porn has created a business around making you think that constantly being productive will lead to a fulfilling life. However, this mindset has created unhappy, anxious, and burnt out people. On our podcast, we aim to entertain by providing useless information just for the joy of it and giving you the time in the day to stop the gears of capitalism. And if you're thinking, what's the point of this podcast? Then we invite you to be part of the revolution against toxic productivity by embracing the useless things. Welcome to episode 14 of the Very Unimportant People podcast. Do less. I'm your host, Lydia, and this week I brutally murdered my avocado tree in cold blood. (laughs) And my name's Courtney, and I spent my entire Friday trying to scam a scammer. (laughs) Yes, we did. Yes, she did. (laughs) She did that. Tell us the story, Courtney, one step at a time. Okay, so basically on Friday, Lydia and I got a message onto our Instagram account about a sugar daddy. He was just reaching out. He wanted to just see some two girls achieve their dreams. Just wanted to financially support that. (laughs) No sex or nudes, he said. So I was like, this sounds like a pretty good deal. I want to learn more. So he told me to add him on Google Hangouts. So I did. Only on our very unimportant people account. Just He didn't actually know who I was. Um... So anyways, we got to talking. He said that he was a man whose wife had died. He just wanted, like, companionship, and he wanted to financially provide for people. And I was like, okay, great. This sounds like a sick deal. Like, sure, you Mm. can pay me for no reason. 100% I'll do that. Here's my PayPal account. Just, you know, shoot me some money, and then we're good to go. And then that's kind of where it all started to fall apart. Um, So he basically told me that I had to send him $100, (laughs) Just to prove that I was trustworthy. And then he would, like, start sending me money. And, like... Guys, do not fall for this. Do not not ever send a stranger money. (laughs) And, like, it doesn't even make any sense that he would need to know that I was trustworthy if he was sending me money. Like, what did he need to trust me to do? Like, to take the money? Or, like, what what do you mean? (laughs) I have no idea. There was no end of the bargain that I had to hold up you know yeah because he wasn't telling you what he wanted specifically to mm-hmm. at the very yeah, like, beginning of this conversation i went back and i read it and had a great time and um courtney was like what specifically do you need us to do and he was like no nudes no sex just companionship can i trust you and she's like yeah what do we need to do he's like okay so i can trust you <laughs> like just completely dodging the question every single time So as you can imagine, it was very confusing as to why he needed to trust us with absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of when I kind of caught on to the fact that it was a scam. But (laughs) instead of giving up at that point and just stopping all contact with this person, as most people would do, I decided that I was going to dedicate the rest of my day to wasting this man's time. Because I thought, you know what, the more time that I'm wasting his time, the less time he's spending scamming other people 
So I had a lot of fun with this and we got into some pretty entertaining conversations. I tried to convince him to spend to send me a hundred dollars and then I would send it right back to him to prove that I was trustworthy. He wasn't down mm. for that one. Um he tried to give me he tried to like at some point he was like, Oh, I don't have a PayPal account. And I was like, you know what, that's fine. I can set you up a PayPal account. Don't even worry <laughs> about it. So he was like, okay, whatever, fine, set me up a PayPal account. And I was like, okay, great. What's your name? What's your email? What's your phone number? And he was like, you need to use your phone number. And I was like, absolutely not. Oh, no, no. And he was like, no, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Just use your phone number. And I was like, no, absolutely not. What is your phone number? Give me your phone number. So then he gave me a fake phone number. And it didn't work because it was like a voice over internet. So I was like, okay, yeah. So that one's not real. Oh, actually... Hold on. Let me read this one message. Okay. (laughs) So he was trying to convince me to use his phone number, right? And, like, he sent me a fake phone number. All this was happening. So I was just kept saying, like, no, thank you. You can send me your number Mm. and I can set you up this PayPal account if you want this to work. Um, And so I said to him, you can either give me your number and I'll make the account for you. You can make the account yourself or you can admit this is a scam. (laughs) And then he just kept sending me different numbers. He did not. This man did not give up. And I admire him for that. But he eventually gave me a real number. And Mm -hmm. I think it was just like a random person's number because I put it into uh, PayPal and it sent a verification code to someone in the world. It clearly Mm -hmm. wasn't this man because he couldn't tell me it. Um, So if you got a random verification verification code (laughs) from PayPal... Let me know what it is. Set up your account and send us a hundred dollars. Send us a hundred. So that we can make sure that you're trustworthy. <laughs> oh yeah, and then he started like he started trying to call me out. He was like, Well, now I don't trust you because like you're being sketchy. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. I don't trust you either. Yeah. The scammer was worried about being scammed, and that kind of made my day. But anyways, yeah, that's how I spent my Friday. If that's anyone beautiful. wants a dramatic reading of a conversation. Maybe we can do one and put it on the Patreon. <laughs> oh my god, please. <laughs> one of us can play the part it. of the scammer, the other one can play me. Yes. Um, one and of the most on the amazing Patreon parts of it his, is like how fucked up his grammar was in some of these cases. Like he just wasn't making full sentences at times and you had to kind of interpret what he was saying. So. <sighs> and at one point he called himself a sugar mommy. At the beginning, yeah. I thought he was a woman, and I was like, this this changes things, but, like, yes, I am more into it now. <laughs> I would love a sugar mommy. <laughs> but, no, I think he's I think he's a fake man. His name is yeah, Faskay Hudson. Just just to let everyone know if that comes across. Faskay is one letter away from fake. That I, I noticed that, too. I was like, mm, yeah. that's a little suspicious. Um, but, anyways, we can do that mm. for you guys if you want it, and... Yeah, if you are a sugar daddy and you want to send us money, I can give you our PayPal because we have one now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just for sugar daddies. (laughs) Uh, So uh, please contact us. Let us know. Uh, No sex or nudes. um, Just listen to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what you get out of this. We don't give anything in return. Entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. That. Entertainment. You get comfort. Yeah, 14 episodes of just straight fire. Like, you're going to love it. Never going to be bored a day in your life. I mean, that's I'll all the I'll send you a joke you every day, you know? I'll, you sure, know, I won't yeah, do nothing. 
Yeah. I'll do, I, I'll do the very least. Mm, for, for $400, for hell yeah. 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 Yeah, for $600, we'll do it. For $800, 100%. we'll do anything. <laughs> <laughs> just send us $1,000 and just call it a day. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. This is a good story. Anyways. So my avocado, like, right? Yes. Yeah, your avocado. I snipped it in half, finally. Apparently, you're supposed to do it at the six-month point. I did it at about a year, which might have been a little too late because I chopped it off, almost cried, and um, oh. a week later, it is now growing little buds Yay! out of its, like, sea, its, like, leaf area. So I'm interested to see what happens, but I'm really happy that I didn't kill it because it is my child. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that it's still, like, thriving and something might happen. It might become a tree. We will see. Stay tuned to find out if I can eventually grow an avocado in Canada. See you in 14 years. <laughs> I just love it, too, because, like, so many people did the avocado seed thing when quarantine hit. And I feel yeah. like you're one of the few people that actually stuck with it. Like, I think most people just so did too. it for the trend and then threw it out. But Lydia still <laughs> got her a little avocado seed going strong. A year I later. Do. It's literally like a I'm quarantine baby. Yeah, exactly. I started at the beginning of quarantine. It's always going to remind me of that time when all I had was an avocado. All I had was a couple leaves. <laughs> You're so cute. It is really cute. That's what I love about plants. Gonna... Me too. I think it's too. so inspiring that you can just chop pieces of the plant off and then they just grow back better. They just start they're pushing new like, growth out you. of other places. Yeah, they're like great. It's a metaphor for life. Yeah. Cut me down and I'll grow six more arms. They're like, thanks for cutting off that dead weight. I have so much energy yeah. now. <laughs> Giant root system ready to go. Oh, I saw a really sad TikTok of this guy talking about how he planted a tree and it takes a hundred years to mature. And wow. he was like me, like thinking about how sad it is that I'll never be able to see my like baby tree mature into a big tree. I felt that. That is really sad. I know. (laughs) I know. But it it says something about you, you know? You plant Mm -hmm. seeds that you you won't be around to see how they how they sow and how they turn out, but you just hope for the best. You hope you gave it enough. That's a Hamilton thing. What is it? It sure is. A legacy is Um, planting seeds in the garden that you'll never see. Yeah, yeah. Seeds for the garden that you'll never see. It's a good rhyme, Lynn Manuel. How'd you come up with that? (laughs) <laughs> like writing Kodak with Kodak. Okay, we get it. We get it. Okay, calm down. <laughs> I didn't mean to bring it up. I'm sorry. I should I should know better at this point. God. <laughs> <laughs> How are your little planties doing? I wanted to create a terrarium that I can like hang from my ceiling. Oh, that's cool. In it. Yeah, that's I'm really excited. Cool. I like that. <laughs> I already bought string for it. I want to make one of those like string thingamadoos that you can hang in the ceiling anyways <laughs> enough plant talk i could talk about let's get to forever. meat talk. if you guys want a podcast about plants yeah we can do an episode about plants where we just talk about plants for like two hours it... let us know anyways check out our patreon no, no, we'll do it on the real one because you guys deserve plant content we love plants and if you can't find our patreon go to our instagram <laughs> yeah and Click the link through the Instagram because for some reason it's not showing up. When We're not you just searchable. Search it. Yeah. <laughs> We're like super elite, like super hard to yeah, find. You can't even find us. 
<laughs> they just had to like ban our account because we just had like so many people following us yeah, that they're like, exactly. this is too it's unfair to everyone else so they had to take us off <laughs> leave so. the money for the rest of them yeah so that's why just use, a, the, use link. the link tree in our instagram sorry about that Thanks. everybody we'll try to get that fixed we'll talk to our, our guy at patreon you know beg him like dude please Foske hudson we'll talk to him he's Foske, our guy at patreon <laughs> Yeah, I hope he turns out okay. Oh, Fosque. Fosque. <laughs> Shout out to Fosque. This episode is dedicated to Fosque. I Fosque think that's Hansen. how you say his name. That's just, I'm totally making that up. I just think that Fasque doesn't sound cool enough, so I'm calling it Fosque. Yeah, I think Fosque, Fosque. is cool. Because it sounds like fake. <laughs> Fosque. Okay. It's a lot of fun. Okay, everybody. Welcome to the part of the podcast where we talk about the poll. The strip poll. Nah, just kidding. It's the Instagram poll, everybody. Um, so we got a couple of questions for you all. And first was about Courtney's part of the podcast where she talks about how lightweights have more fun and other fun facts about lightweights. So the first question was for the lightweights. Have you ever been teased for being a lightweight? 63% said yes. Find better friends. Nah, I'm kidding. I mean, your friends are probably fine. But I mean, I was one of those 63%, so. Yeah. <laughs> You've definitely friends. been teased for being a lightweight. <laughs> um, and then the second one was for heavyweights. Do you wish you were a lightweight? 53% said yes. Oh, my gosh. We've got a good 50-50 going on here. Wow. Know, right? That's more than I thought, though. People respect you. Me Thanks, too, everyone. to be honest. <laughs> I feel I feel like I'm a little, like, prestigious now. I'm like, oh, people want to be me? People want to be me. <laughs> Damn. I mean, I think I voted yes, just because of the amazing benefits. Right? Your body goes through less. Financially more enjoyable, you know? Girl. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait a long time. Maybe hangover. Like, yeah, turn it on a lot quicker. Yeah, so quick. yeah. yeah, it would be yeah. awesome. So I totally understand that. One hundred percent. I am with you guys. The next question and the last question was about the participation awards. Do you think participation awards for everyone are stupid? Seventy-three percent said yes, and it should have been higher because I voted for the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling that I was gonna get like absolutely destroyed on that one. I told you yeah, you, you had, had like the destroyed. majority opinion on that one. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. most people agree with you. I still disagree, but yeah, I mean that was interesting. Uh, yeah, I think we had a comment this week that I mean, supported me. So thank you. Shout out to that person. We did. We did. <laughs> Shout out, and we they also said that it was a very boomer. Uh, I saw that, and which we also talked about last yes. week. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so. I yeah, can't remember who yeah, that person yeah, was, yeah, but yeah. you know who you are. And um, if you're listening, I love you. Yeah, you know who you are. <laughs> Thank you so much for voting in the polls this week, guys. Please check it out next week on Tuesday slash Wednesday. And we, I mean, answer it. If you're listening to the podcast, answer it correctly. If you're not, we will know. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, we welcome all answers. Correct. Oh, this not. one's going to be spicy this week. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited for what you're about to experience. <laughs> uh, so check us out at very.unimportant.people on Instagram. And let's get back to the podcast. Okay, Lydia. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Guys, I'm so excited. 
to hear Lydia's opinion. I don't know if you guys are ready for this. I'm I'm ready, and y'all better be ready. This is going to be good. It's going to be real good. If you guys get grossed out easily. Trigger warning. You might. Yeah. Big time trigger warning. Um. So this kind of came to me when um, I was thinking about nail biting. Let me give you a little bit of background. And I was like, okay, if you bite your nails, are you technically eating your own body, right? Are you technically a cannibal? Oh, my. <laughs> I knew you were going to talk about cannibalism, but I didn't know you came to that thought because of nail biting. That's how that's how Lydia's this a all cannibal, started, guys. Because I she was worried that nails. I was a cannibal. <laughs> I genuinely was concerned, and then I learned a different <laughs> word for it: auto cannibalism, which is when you eat yourself, which is different than cannibalism. Is so, that what? Are you an auto cannibalist? Apparently, yeah. And apparently, th- get this too, okay, everybody. It's that's, that's a diagnosable, or no? It's um, it's like a oh. mental health issue but it isn't diagnosable like people won't diagnose you with being an auto cannibal because apparently you could just like stop it or whatever um which i guess is true but it's like an obsessive thing it's like a it's called arsid i believe um and it kind of falls in line with like either like anxiety or ocd or something like that so there's definitely something there i guess it's just a symptom so you can't be diagnosed with auto cannibalism but it's a symptom of like some underlying condition or you just like do it because you do it you know so (laughs) um my main argument today is that cannibalism is misunderstood. <laughs> and this is kind of a joke, so don't take it too lightly. Um, just chill with me in uh, hypothetical don't, land don't take for a little it, no, bit. No, wait, 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 stop, 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 stop. Don't take it. Go ahead. Don't take it too heavily. You said don't take it too lightly, yeah. but please do Sorry, take it lightly. that's not what I meant. Do yeah. take don't it lightly. Co- don't come at Lydia, please. No, or me. no. Because I do support this. Thank you. I don't know but why yet, but I, I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> This will be a pro-cannibalism 25 minutes of your life. <laughs> First of all, I would just like to say that I do not condone killing people for the sake of cannibalism. That is obviously not okay. I get the morality issues of humans being more than meat and unethically sourced through crime, such as murder or like uh, body taking out of things, is obviously messed up. But humor unethically me, sourced. please. Can you imagine if there was like ethically sourced? There is like, don't worry sourced. they're on a farm it's okay they're free range <laughs> they're free range humans they had a good uh, life before don't sourced. worry guys <laughs> i know right by ethically we only sourced them i mean kill. like non-consented like you have to yeah. basically because people put humans in such high regard you have to be able to consent to having your body eaten after you have died um unlike animals where we just like kill them and eat them so yeah or like not for you thing. autonomy but not for you i know and honestly like okay i i get it i get that it's kind of gross i'm a little grossed out by it myself but i just don't really see what is morally wrong with eating human meat like if you get past everything that society has kind of taught us that is gross about it like there's nothing really that gross about it and it's not illegal you can eat human meat. It is not illegal. It's just like how you get it is illegal. But if you want to actually participate in that, that's totally fine. So like if someone's already dead, you can eat their meat. You just can't like kill them to get it is what you're saying. Exactly. But the problem is that if they're already dead and you like take meat from their body, it's a different crime. I don't remember what it's called, like disrespect to the human body or something like that. 
Um, okay. So that's technically a crime, but you have to find some way around it, which we will get to a few examples of how people found their way around these laws a little bit later. So stick around. <laughs> Can I just, before we go yeah. on though, there's like um, physical repercussions of eating human meat. I'm with you on the moral one, that's but you get thing. like rashes and stuff if you eat human meat, right? It depends. No, you you don't always. It does depend on how it's like cultivated and how it's found and if it's healthy meat and there's also this other issue with every single human might have random protein folding and if you eat something that has proteins that are folded um you could pretty much die like it will take your body apart and turn your brain into mush um so there's definitely really big consequences but i think that those can be avoided if we come to a point in society where we learn how to shock the meat and like learn how to chemically change it so that we can actually eat it in a healthy kind of way um (laughs) so i think i don't really understand what people have too much of a problem with it because it already kind of exists so you donate your organs, right? There's an Mm -hmm. organ donor situation. Your organ is going to somebody else. Yeah. And like, you kind of have no idea too. So really, what's the harm in it? Another example is um, sometimes after women give birth, you can eat the placenta. And Kim Kardashian has done this, allegedly, where she ground up her dried placenta and put it into pills and then ate it. Yeah, and you can oh. put it in your smoothie, you can put it in like a little pill, and it's said to reduce postpartum depression. And some people will eat these pills for months after the birth is done. And also animals do this too sometimes, but that's for like different reasons because of the wild and attracting smells of prey and stuff like that. Um, another example, this might be a little bit of a stretch, but stick with me here. I was okay. born and raised a Catholic, right? And something that always kind of freaked oh, me out I know about exactly religion, where you're going. Yeah. you know, you already, oh, you know. guys probably already know where I'm going with this, is when they said, this is the body and the blood of Christ. Yes. Stand in single file line and eat and it. Eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Let it melt on your tongue and eat mm. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As somebody who was not raised Catholic and then went to a Catholic high school just suddenly, that really freaked me out. It, it I, I did not understand. I, I never participated in it. I was like, what the hell is going <laughs> on when they were like, this is the body and the blood of Christ. And then every single student around you just like rose and lined up to go yeah. eat it. I was like, what the oh fuck is happening? It's so what is weird. Going on it's, here? So, it's a little strange. I know. It's a little weird. And yeah, for a long time, I was obviously very much confused about this because I was like, ma, that's fucking disgusting. Like, you're going up there. <laughs> You're drinking, and like, here's the thing you could eat the body of Christ every Sunday, but the blood was reserved for special occasions. And like, you could only drink the blood, like, if it's, you know, some special day or something like that. They like wipe the cup and they like give it to the next person. And apparently, you don't even drink it. You're because there has to be enough for everybody. So you just let it like touch your lips. And then you like either some people spit it back into the cup or they just close their mouths and let it touch their lips, which is a lot less gross, you know, no backwash. But. <laughs> Ugh. In some instances, they spit it back in and then Ugh. it goes on to the next no. person, which is, yeah, which is kind of, no. especially in COVID days, like I can't even imagine doing Ew. that. Isn't it just that. wine though? It is just wine. So there's this um, word oh, no. that I learned. It's called transubstantiation and it is only in Catholicism and it's basically just when a substance is changed into another substance. So... In some 
forms of Catholicism, you truly, truly believe that it's being turned into the blood and the body of Christ. Like you 100% believe that you are like eating like the meat and stuff like that. Other people have fully just been like, okay, like we know it's a symbol. Like we know it's, yeah, like it's just a symbol. So in this case, I think the why of cannibalism (laughs) is very much contested because if you're doing it, you know, to take part in a religious ceremony, it's completely fine. In any other cases, people think it's gross. People think it's nasty. People think it's morally not right. And I just think we need to open our minds a little bit. Just really question. Like, what's so wrong? Yeah, I get. Like, what is so wrong about it? Like, yes, killing, understand. Killing is wrong. Right? But what, it what is, is the problem course. with eating meat? If, the, like, somebody, yeah. yeah. You can leave your body to science. You can donate your organs. Mm-hmm. People can eat you. And if you leave your body to science, probably a lot grosser things are going to happen to your body than being Hmm. eaten as a meal. You know, like they might do some crazy like things on it. Who knows? Oh, my gosh. This just reminded me of a story that I heard. I think it was in high school. So you might remember this of this girl who went on a date with this guy and she like made out with him. And she had this rash all over oh, her I mouth think I afterwards. This. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And she found out it's because he worked at a morgue. And apparently, like, he may have been either touching the dead bodies with his mouth, making out with them some sort of uh, necrophilia going on there. And that's how she contracted the rash or something like that. Pretty, pretty gross. But f- from everything I've read, you don't get rashes from human meat. And it's actually out of all the meats, one of the more healthier ones to eat because anything that's closer to your chemical makeup and the way your body is, is easier for you to digest. Something to think about. <laughs> I mean, you don't need to eat meat. Like, you don't need to eat human meat, but isn't like, obviously. It like, but... You know how there's a lot of diseases that come from pigs? Sorry, yes. this is going to seem like it's really off topic, but I swear it's on topic. Um, isn't the reason that there's so many diseases that come from pigs because their genetic makeup is so similar to ours so isn't it also like a bad thing because like diseases can jump and stuff yeah yeah that's a really good point that's a lot of stuff that i was reading about it too um i chose not to include it because this is a pro cannibalism podcast right right right. sorry 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 sorry. (laughs) (laughs) gotta get back on track here (laughs) no no no. it's okay it's okay like yeah i mean get back on track get with the program here okay (laughs) but also like you're totally right there's a lot of things that could go really really wrong um, more, more recently in the news, there was this case of Kura, Kuru, Kuru, um, and it was this disease that people in Papua New Guinea were getting, uh, because they were eating people and it killed like so many people because it created these weird, like I was saying, the protein folds in their mm-hmm. brains, which literally turned parts of their brains into sponge. So people just were dying from it. So, yeah, you really have to be very careful. Um, But I think I'll get to this later, too. If you create human meat in a lab, I think it would be safer. Wait, create human meat in the lab? Like beyond meat, but human meat? Okay, I'll just get to it now because this is interesting. Beyond human meat? So so there was these two... um, these two scientists and then I guess one of them was a designer because they created this um, science experiment where they took a cotton swab and they put it in people's cheeks and then those cultures when they were fed with 
um, some plasma from expired human blood and fetal bovine serum, which I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's like really unethical way to get this weird serum from a cow. Um, you have to kill a pregnant cow and extract like this serum from the inside of their uterus or from their lining or something like that. Extremely not okay, but people were more grossed out by the fact that they were using human blood than this really unethical like cow thing because they thought that the human blood was closer to cannibalism. Um, so <laughs> the title of this article was Scientific Feet Put on Display. Grow your own human meat kit is technically, in quotation marks, not cannibalism. Because <laughs> they, they said that it turned into steak. And that was their whole thing, even though it was grown mm -hmm. from the inside of human cheek. Um, so the article suggests that by 2025, that's only five years from now, you guys, yeah, this is going to be a $500 million industry. Mm. Because people are going to start really kind of hating on the idea that meat is so unethically harvested and so unethically sourced and we do terrible things to animals and we farm them and like good for us for like learning how to do that but you know we're becoming very woke so eventually everyone's going to be super grossed out by this and it might be easier to just do it in a lab um so the comment section hated everything about this <laughs> some words they used to describe it was rebranding cannibalism abomination, repulsive, <laughs> and disgusting. So, I mean, that's something to look forward to five years from now, guys. If I mean, we're I've eating, heard, like, like, a lot of debates about this, about um, not necessarily the human one, but about, like, meat being produced in labs. Mm -hmm. And about, like, if you're a vegetarian, would you consume that meat that's been, like, produced in a lab? Because, like, molecularly, it is animal meat, but you didn't have to kill an animal to get it. So it's like a really interesting ethical dilemma. The same argument could happen for human meat. Technically, mm -hmm. it is human meat, but you didn't get it from a human being. Technically, it just grew on its own, right? Just molecularly, that is what it is. But like you didn't have to hurt anyone to get it. It's so interesting. Yeah. I love it. But it's still super gross to some people. But you didn't. But I think it's just social conditioning. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a social thing that people have decided are like, ew, that's gross, blah, 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 blah. But like, it's, I don't know, people used it as a survival thing in the olden days. There's there's a few examples of that. Um, so in the 15th century, Europe, there was this big craze for this um, thing called mummia. And it was this brown powder that people would take out of grinding up mummies. Oh, <laughs> and they would put okay. it in their tea. They would put it in their sandwiches and they would eat it. And it was said to heal headaches and even schizophrenia. Wow. So, yeah, it was like really, it was really big. And then this led to crime because people would steal like dead bodies and then yeah. mummify them <laughs> and then try to sell it um, for a while. There's this like... Uh, there's this medical text called the Merck Index, and it was mm -hmm. published by the Royal Society of Chemistry. For all you chemists out there, you probably know what I'm talking about. And mummia was in there as like a good substance up until the 1900s. Oh, interesting. Crazy, huh? Yeah. Um, and okay, so here's something kind of cool. Cannibalism was actually phased out of society by Christopher Columbus. <laughs> okay, yes. 
Okay. <laughs> I was hoping that I was going to go here. This is what I've been thinking for the past few minutes was the fact that, like, like cannibalism was something that was that has been practiced for a long time. But I think mm-hmm. that it was, like, a colonial state of mind that said, like, oh, those practices are, like, savage and barbaric. And you can't practice that because that's not, like, what we do in... Europe and therefore it's wrong and that's how it was phased out and that's how it became a taboo but it's actually been practiced for such a long time and just like some white man probably just decided that like ew I don't like that that. so now no one can do it and it was more of like a little bit of a vendetta thing because these people were capturing like the, the indigenous people were capturing and like killing people who were coming to their land uninvited and trying to take over and stuff like that. Makes sense. And they were killing yeah. them. And so Christopher Columbus, um, I don't know if it was true or not. It says that he made up a rumor that they were eating them. And then the queen was like, okay, then cannibals are bad. And then they kind of associated cannibals with indigenous people. And so they killed them for the crime of cannibalism, not for like being indigenous technically technically but yeah it was just a way of dehumanizing it was a way, indigenous people so it was easier to to kill them it was a way basically. yeah it was a way to justify killing them because exactly they were stealing their land with absolutely no justification so they're like we got to figure out a reason to punish these people even though there's nothing to punish them for ah oh, yeah that. they were doing nothing wrong is that so fucked up is that so fucked up like just another oh, okay anyways <laughs> Um, Okay, so here's a few instances in real life where cannibalism um, has happened. Um, So I already mentioned the Papua New Guinea funeral rites. They, like, Mm -hmm. eat their dead as a sign of mourning and respect. Um, In Japan in uh, 2013, I think. I didn't write down the year, but it was definitely a while ago. This guy, he's 22 years old. He cuts off his penis, boils it, and serves it to people with salt and pepper at his birthday party. (laughs) That's kind of funny, though. <laughs> like, I feel bad I know, for those people who had to, like, eat a dick, but... I think they funny. wanted to oh. eat a dick. That's <laughs> good. It was it was all consensual? It wasn't yeah. just like, oh, here's, like, a sausage. It was actually like... No, 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 no. He, oh, like, wow. told them what was happening. And some okay. people were down. They were like, yeah, let's do it. And they were interviewed. They said it tasted like rubber. <laughs> if <Yeah>. you're interested, <laughs> I know. That's one part of the body I could do with that. Yeah, I don't need to eat that. No, thank you. Yeah, probably. There's not much like meat on there, but yeah, yeah. It's just like it was just I don't know. I think it was like an art thing too, because apparently he's an artist, so he might have just done it for that purposes, right? On February, on January thirteenth, two thousand seven, this guy named Marco Evarisidi hosted a dinner party where the main course was pasta that was topped with meatballs made from his own fat removed earlier in the year by liposuction. Ew, that's actually gross, though. I'm not down for that one. I don't like that one as much. I mean, yeah, the fat is, like, a little concerning. That's that's weird. And also, why? Why did you want people (laughs) to eat that? How did he store it until... You said the year earlier it was removed? Yeah. You can freeze fat. It's like it's like freezing like meat or fish in like the bottom of your freezer or something like that. Like there's always these crazy stories about people storing people in their freezers and then slowly eating them like throughout the year and stuff like that, which is another thing that kind of ticks me off. A lot of our exposure to cannibalism is always negative. It's always mm. done through violence, war, murder, like famine. Um, if you're lost at sea and you like have to eat one of your crewmates, it's like known as a secret that's kept among the crewmates, which like bonds them and stuff like that. Like that but i don't think it needs to be this dark like cannibalism doesn't have to be 
so negative. It's just because we've been exposed so negatively to it. And apparently it can be romantic. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, okay. This is interesting. <laughs> so um, during this, uh, I like looked up this little thing on Army Hammer. Um, he was this guy who, this was like, this part of it was a little messed up. I didn't really want to get too much into it, but he basically like unconsensually was forcing this like cannibalism kink on these women and they weren't down, right? So that's obviously fucked up. But this article that I read um, interviewed this dominatrix from New York City. Her name is okay. Empress Wu. And she said that there's actually like a kink associated with cannibalism. And oh, here's a quote from her. Right? When you are so fucking into that person, you need to have them or be owned by them or be entangled in a specific way. Cannibalism as a fetish really highlights or fulfills the sense of wanting to be close to someone and the futility that it'll never fully happen. End quote. That honestly doesn't surprise me at all that it's, like, a kink. Right? Yeah. That makes sense. It makes total sense. I get it. Yeah. I mean, I think so, too, right? Yeah. It's kind of a thing. Like, I don't know. I don't know why I immediately think of, like, my animals, but sometimes I, like, want to hug them so much that, like, I want to squish them. Like, do you ever get that oh. when, like, you see oh. a really cute animal? There's yes. a name for this. No. Okay. So. Do you got the, it? I learned this on the internet. I don't know if this is true, yeah. but I'm going to repeat it as if it is true. Um, apparently okay. <laughs> human brains don't know how to, like, our brains aren't structured to be able to handle, like, cuteness. Like, we don't know how to deal with the feeling of thinking something's cute. <laughs> oh, so our body, like, do, do your molars ever, like, ache when you see something cute? Like, you just want to bite something that's cute? Sometimes. That's because, that's because so, our brains yeah. can't handle cuteness. So, like, it's like, maybe I'll eat it or, like, maybe I'll kill it because, like, our brains just literally don't know what to do when we think something's cute. That's so And that's funny. why you want to, like, squeeze oh things and, like... Yeah, yeah, I literally just want to squish it forever. Like, I'm oh, yeah. getting that feeling right now of, like, seeing something so cute and just being, like, <laughs> like holding onto it so tight, you know? Because I just want it. <laughs> so, yeah, that might be, like, a little offshoot of cannibalism, but... Yeah, I thought it was really interesting that it's actually kind of like a fetish. And um, yeah, it can be done in like a very safe way too. So hmm. definitely don't feel like you actually need to eat another human being. Like it's you just all about them. the act. Yeah, no, it's just like sometimes people draw blood. Like sometimes people like bite each other, but don't actually like bite into each other kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely different ways to like go about it. It's kind of more of like a performance, she said. So that's kind of cool. The moral of the story here is, I think, to just, like, judge less, maybe. Um, think twice before saying ew to cannibalism. Mm. Why is it gross? Is it social conditioning? It's a survival method. Probably. Yeah. We're, yeah, 100%. <laughs> 100% that's why. But try to, try to think about it critically, you know? Like, why? Okay. I have, like... I don't I think like that two... people who bite their nails are gross. <laughs> They're not eating them. It's not cannibalism. It's auto-cannibalism. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead, Courtney. <laughs> I have, like, two points here because it sounds like we're kind of wrapping up. I think mm -hmm. it's really funny that this argument right now is coming from two people who are vegetarians. Oh, my I think God, that's I really know. funny right now how we're like, it's fine <laughs> to eat human meat, guys. Stop judging it when we're literally like, ew, animal carcass. <laughs> like, I know. Animal meat grosses me out, though. I mean, human meat grosses me out, too, I guess, but. But not not because okay. of like the humanness, just because of the meatness, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. That's really ironic. We fully yeah. see the irony in this, guys. We we get it. <laughs> it's a and little also, funny. 
Also, I was thinking back to the milk episode and the fact that, like, I had an issue with people drinking human breast milk, but I don't have an issue mm-hmm. with people eating human meat. And How I don't understand why. I don't get it. I'm trying to think about it. Am Maybe I it's... Hypocrite? <laughs> no, you're pretty, you're pretty consistent. There must be some underlying thing going on there. I think maybe it's a sexual thing. I think maybe it's like yeah, maybe it's like a boob thing. I don't know. Bodybuilders drinking female mother. Yeah, that could be. I think that was. We're gonna blame it on that. We're gonna chalk it up to that. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Maybe because milk is meant for babies. Specifically, like Mm. only for for babies, but human meat can be for anybody. That's true. You're not wrong. <laughs> Cannibalism is for everyone. It's 2021. We're not trying to disclude anyone <laughs> from our movements, guys. It's for anyone can eat okay? human meat. A lot and of animals is... do it. Frogs do it. Hold on. Here's okay. a really philosophical question. Is human meat vegan? Because isn't the whole thing of animal? Because <laughs> um, if you're vegan, you're not eating or vegetarian. You're not consuming like the meat or the byproducts of other animals. Is the thing. But human meat, you're not like unjustly killing yourself. another animal without its consent or anything like that. It's like a yeah. human. Um, Vegans, I don't you gotta update your. Sure. I think, okay, uh, so here's a little theory. (laughs) Yeah, guys. Welcome (laughs) to include cannibalism. We want to (laughs) know. I realized I just said cannibalists. I meant cannibals. My bad. (laughs) Cannibalists. Um, Cannibalists. So a lot of animals um, eat, like, other, like, offsprings uh, when they're Mm. little babies. So, for example, frogs will eat other tadpoles to, like, grow bigger and grow stronger. Sharks in the womb will eat other sharks and then grow to be the only shark in the womb. And Mm. lions eat lion cubs so that the, like, woman lion, the lioness, becomes, like, single and she's easier to mate with if she doesn't have cubs. And all of these animals are omnivores or carnivores. So, I think... Yeah, also that point was fucked up. My bad. But no, I no, think no, I that... sorry, I just read something on my other screen. I'm gonna share it for you in a minute. We keep going. Oh, okay. Just... <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I'm excited. Um yeah, anyways, my conclusion is that I think since all those animals are classified as cannibalism or sorry, mm. meat eaters, yeah. I think eating human meat would be what's the word? I've been saying too many words. Omnivoristic. <laughs> you would be an omnivore, not a vegetarian. Okay, share, 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 share. This is what's <laughs> killing me. Okay, I may have read it wrong. Okay, I may have read it wrong. But basically, I googled "is human meat vegan," mm-hmm. and I would like to say when I put "is human meat," one of the suggestions that came up was vegan. The other one was, is human meat halal? And the other one was, is human meat kosher? Okay? So a lot of people want to know. <laughs> yeah, they And sure the do. first option that came up was from PETA. Okay, that was the first thing that blew my mind. And this is where I misread it. Wait, what's PETA? PETA. Oh, PETA. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And I misread it because it says, the good news is, is that if you want to eat like your ancestors, you still can but in my head, I was thinking cannibals, and I read 
The good news is that if you want to eat your ancestors, <laughs> and I was like, PETA supports cannibalism. Holy <laughs> but shit, I was wrong. So I'm funny. so sorry that I derailed the podcast with that misread point. <laughs> that's okay. Hold that on. I'm great. still I'm if still looking PETA for the answer that. here on the internet. Okay. I think the answer is no. Would I mean, that make me not a says, full vegetarian? Because I, I eat would argue that human meat is skin. vegan. Some people are saying What's it's vegan. Argument? It's meat, though. Because it's not an, because it's not animal meat. The whole or thing mammals. about vegans is that you're not eating the meat of another animal. Hold on, what's this person saying? I would argue that human meat is vegan no matter if consent was given, as long as the human was not intentionally no. killed and the human was free, i.e. not a slave. <laughs> great yeah, valid okay valid valid. Point. no i mean that is that is valid like if you are to, if you do plan to eat somebody i don't think it can be unconsensual okay this is a good point this person is saying that the closest analogy is breastfeeding because vegan mothers ah. still breastfeed their children and it's considered okay to drink human milk as long mm. as it's not the milk of another animal so therefore under that argument it's technically okay to eat human meat because it's not the meat of another animal so human meat might vegan it just might be just might it be, just might be it's <laughs> fucked <laughs> hmm anyway sorry that was i don't know that was a weird place to go <laughs> i'm sorry i still am like questionable about that but to be fair i never really considered if if um eat drinking breast milk as a baby is vegan but why right that's something i never because thought about ve- before the, the baby isn't vegan. The baby hasn't decided A lot of people raise their kids is. vegan. Oh, I see. Like, decide for them that they, that, the, you know, like, you're a vegan child. Mm. So. Yeah, and I guess they have to breastfeed. Why can't you just use baby formula? Just commit to being a vegan. <laughs> There's this thing called hufu. And it's the vegan alternative to human flesh. This website is called The Cult of Weird. (laughs) Hufu was a tofu-based product designed to taste like human flesh, providing an alternative meat Mm. source for health-conscious cannibals. I feel like I'm being trolled, though. Okay, I'm going to get off of this side of the internet. (laughs) I'm back. Uh, Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, Also, there was a place in New York called The Cannibal Cafe who claimed that they served real human meat. Um, they were investigated, and it turns out that it was not true. <laughs> yeah, 100%. it was just a marketing thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who would have thought? <laughs> that shit's not FDA regulated, you know. Mm-mm. You get sued for anything in America. Yeah, and even if it is, even if human meat were to be FDA regulated, apparently things can still go wrong. But I think it's, if it's grown in a lab, why not? Maybe that would be okay. Yeah. Right. I don't see an issue with it. Me neither. <laughs> it seems more sustainable, honestly, than farming. It is. Just take some plasma from, like, human blood. That way the only thing that we're affecting is our own species. Yeah. You know? You're contributing to it your is. own food source. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's going to be a very sustainable way to live in the future. And you use expired blood, too. So that blood would yeah. just be thrown, thrown out anyways. Might Recycling. as well put it to good use. In, ooh, I have one last kind of fun fact. 
okay. in China. 2,000 mm-hmm. years ago, reportedly, um, children would give their parents, like, a piece of their thigh, and sometimes a finger, more, the thigh was more of a thing, in, like, a last resort effort to heal them if they are on death's door. It's That's seen as, like, this... sweet, though. Yeah. To be like, I will literally give you a piece of me because I want to heal you. No. I think that's really sweet. Yeah. But uh, it's supposed to strengthen you. It strengthens the tadpoles. They become stronger. But it's it strengthens the avocado trees. If you cut a piece off, avocado trees it grows back yeah. stronger. So maybe... Oh start- my god, my mind is blown. <laughs> <laughs> that Holy full circle was shit. amazing. That was crazy, Courtney. Oh my god. Give uh. it up. Give it up, oh, thank Courtney you. Majewski. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that's great. Holy shit. Be stronger. Be a cannibal. Yeah. Be stronger. Cut your thigh off. Give it to your parent. We're not asking for a lot here. <laughs> Very good. That was a yeah. good opinion. Yeah. I really enjoyed thank that. Thank you for coming to the mic. Yay! I'm glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um, welcome everybody to the second half of the podcast, which might be a little bit of a roller coaster. I wrote my notes about an hour ago <laughs> and didn't really organize them. So please just bear yes. with me through this entire half of the podcast. But you know what? I think it's a very, a very interesting point. I wanted to talk about the Olympics today. Um, and that I don't know exactly, I guess, what the opinion is, <laughs> but the Olympics aren't working, and the Olympics are a lot more controversial than I initially thought they were. I've never really had oh, a problem really? with the Olympics. Like, I'm not a sports person. I don't really like watching sports, and I've never really kept up with the Olympics, but I've never had an issue with them, you know? Mm-hmm. I recognize that other people enjoy them, and I think that's fine. But they are very controversial. <laughs> okay, so... Basically, I didn't know that. I didn't know people wanted to cancel the Olympics. Sorry. It's not like, okay, we'll get into what's happening with the Olympics about, it's not really okay. that the people, it's not that people want to cancel the Olympics, it's that like people don't want to participate, but we'll get into that. Um, oh. So first of all, the Olympics basically says that they um, are like a politically neutral space and they even have this like law, law like a law of the like olympic committee code of conduct yeah or like a policy that you're not allowed to protest or make political statements um in any of like the athletic arenas so like if you win a medal or something like that you're not allowed to like wear a revolutionary symbol or like do anything like that because it's considered political um Mm -hmm. but the games are actually like really inherently political um so for example there have been a lot of countries that have actually like banned people from like, sporting the flags of their countries because the country, like, didn't support the person. So I think the example was with, like, Finland, and this guy, like, made a comment about Finland, and Finland was like, we don't want you on the Finland team. You can't wear our flag while you're at the Olympics. Um, Oh, my God. There's also people that haven't been allowed back into their countries after being at the Olympics because of, like, things that they've done on TV or, like, interviews that they've had or 
But it's Whatever. not political. Don't take Why it personally, political? country. And <laughs> also, almost every single Olympic game that there has been, there has been one or two countries that have been banned from coming because of opinions that the country that's hosting it has about other countries. Oh, my God. So, like, after the Second World War, Germany, Romania, and Japan were just banned from coming to the Olympics because England was hosting oh it, and they were like, we don't want you there. Um, <laughs> Thank you, England, for finally stepping into <laughs> World War Two. <II>. Yeah. <laughs> Four and years then, after it ended. <laughs> after the Second World War, Germany, Romania... Oh, no, I just said that. Uh, and then Egypt, um, <laughs> Iraq, and Lebanon, they boycotted the Olympics in 1956 due to the invasions from the European wow. countries. In 1976, Canada did not let the Chinese team in because we didn't recognize... Okay, this was very confusing. So we didn't let the, I guess, the Chinese or the Taiwanese team in because we didn't recognize Taiwan as a country. But then the Olympic Committee got mad at Canada for saying that. So then they said, okay, never mind. Taiwan can come. But then China got mad at them because China didn't recognize Taiwan as a country. And then I think uh, uh, sorry, China just didn't come. They just didn't come to the Olympics because they didn't oh like that God. we had let Taiwan in. So kind of political. Because Canada was like, yeah. Kind of political. political. And I don't know if I need to bring this up, but do we need to talk about Hitler? You know, he was don't the think... star of the Olympics at <laughs> no. some point, okay? He used it <laughs> as propaganda. You're right. How could it not be a political how space if the first instance Literally. was to promote how strong Germany is and to Literally. make people fear them? And there's also been issues of countries not granting um, athletes visas to come play in the games. So some countries oh will just God. be like, that country's not allowed to send athletes here because we won't give them visas, which might be a little bit of being like, they have good athletes. Never mind. You can't come, yeah, you know? That could definitely be it to make you know? them have a better chance at winning. Damn, competition's really just getting out of hand mm. <laughs> when you bring in political powers. So immature. Just let everybody compete. <laughs> and also kind of like a little bit of a fun fact, but also not very fun at all. Um, <laughs> okay. Tokyo has lost... The Olympic Games twice. You know how this year Tokyo 2021 games were canceled? Yeah. This is the second time the Olympic Games have been canceled in Tokyo. So the first time oh, I didn't know a that. war broke out in Japan. Oh no. And so they canceled the Olympic Games and the Olympic Committee was just literally like who is next in line? They're like we don't give a shit about Tokyo. You're cut off. Who's next in line? They did nothing to address the fact oh, that like God. people were dying in a war. But anyways, Anyways, so they are like... Tokyo like participated anyways in the (laughs) Olympics. They're like, there's a war going on, but we're still going to have that people. (laughs) Um, So yeah, they are a political space. And then on top of this is that the system makes absolutely no sense, okay? So cities literally pay billions of dollars for an event that's going to last 17 days. Okay? Mm, And how the system works is that... Countries have to place a bid, okay? And the starting bid is $150,000. So they have to place a bid to get their name in the running to host the Olympic Games. And then they have to form a proposal of, like, what the games are going to look like and how much it's going to cost. And the formation of a proposal for the U.S. Olympics a couple years back, it was between 100 to $150 million to put together the proposal. Okay. <sighs> And then, after they put the proposal in, if you get selected, 
you have to pay, it's normally between 3 to $15 billion to build the facilities that the Olympics are going to be held at. And then Ooh. when the Olympics does come, the Olympic Committee keeps all of the profits that are made off of the tickets that are sold at these stadiums. The only profits huh? the countries make are off of tourists coming. Oh my god. And then the facilities get abandoned. So it's 17 is... days. It's billions of dollars for oh my 17 god. days. So many questions. <laughs> Holy shit. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. So there's just like abandoned stadiums hanging around. Wait, oh why yeah. Does, why 100%. Do they take all the I have so money? many facts, but yeah. What? Oh my god, that's insane. Why do they take all the money? Like why do, I don't understand what does the Olympic Committee do with the money? Okay, like, that's wh- what that's, do they need to buy? That's what I haven't been able to figure out this whole time. It's like <laughs> what, what are they doing with it? Um, oh but my god. We're we're going to we're going to get into that a little bit later. Okay. Um so basically like this this whole like issue of how the system works financially wasn't really raised as a problem until um the 2016 2015 2016 olympics that were held in rio in brazil mm-hmm. okay so oh, there was a I lot of controversy those. over these games because like brazil as a country lacks a lot of basic social services um about more than 250,000 people were displaced and forced to leave their homes for building um olympic what? facilities um a thousand people people who were mostly black men were killed in the summer in the year leading up to the Olympics because they oh, wanted to wait. clean up the city so that when people and tourists came to the city it they wouldn't the think it was a bad fuck? place so Are over a thousand serious? people were killed mm-hmm. and so Brazil is ranked 12th in the world for the most social inequality but then mm. somehow coughed up 14 billion dollars for the Olympics. Okay, and people are literally lining up outside of hospitals because they can't get healthcare. And the government used money, they cut back on spending in education and healthcare to pay for the Olympics. No. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> Why? Why are the Olympics so revered that you need to destroy your own country to host literally. them? Literally, like destroy your own country. And then they did like a poll in Brazil, and 51% of Bra- Brazilians had no interest. In the games, 33% said they had little interest, and then 63% of people in Brazil believed that the games would do more harm than good. Wow. Brazil did not care. They went ahead with the games, and they spent a lot of money on facilities that they never used. Um, and so this, like, displacement thing happens a lot. Um, in the six Summer Olympic Games between 1988 and 2008, over 2 million people were displaced from their homes to build facilities for the Olympic Games. Oh my god, what the hell are we doing? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then, (laughs) on top of that, 100% of Olympic Games go over their original budgets, okay? Mm. Brazil originally budgeted $3 billion, it cost them $13 billion. That's fucked. Russia estimated $12 billion, cost them $50 billion. Um, And then so basically, like, the countries think the whole illusion behind it is that putting money into the bid and then putting money into the facilities will bring more tourism and build, like, infrastructure that will stay and be useful after. But both both of these things are normally a lie. Um, Yeah. So... 
they did a study in London during the London Olympics. And while more people came to London, like for the Olympics, attendance to all of their other tourist attractions, so theaters and like the palaces and museums, dropped. So it was actually deterring people from going to the city because people didn't want to get caught up, get like stopped by the craziness and busyness of the game. So people actually delayed their trips to these countries um, for tourism. Um, Another example is in Rio um, for like the infrastructure thing. Rio like Mm -hmm. paid a bunch of money to put in public transport. And they were like, oh, this is a good thing because it's going to stick around. It's going to help people after. Um, But all of the transport lines that they put in only service high income areas and neighborhoods. Because that's where the tourists would be staying. And they're not actually useful to people living in Rio that need to use public services. No. (laughs) That That is actually dividing the city even more than it previously was with no public transit. Mm hmm. Um. That is very in, sad. in Beijing, you can currently pay to ride a Segway around their stadium. That's the only thing that you can do with it. <laughs> you can just ride a Segway around Great. It. Real glad this billion dollar mm-hmm. fucking thing is being used for like really good stuff. Like come where the Olympics once were. I don't understand why they can't put the Olympics in a place that already exists. Why does it have to be this huge stadium? Why can't they use stuff that is already there or don't go to countries that don't have what it that don't have See that's the issue the though. I've heard place. I've heard that argument about like the Olympics shouldn't be allowed in countries that like these things aren't you know that don't have the money whatever it is. Um but then it's kind of gatekeeping and it's saying like only rich company oh, companies only rich countries <laughs> are allowed to host the games and reap the benefits of the game right so in a way that's gatekeeping Yeah I understand that. Um I have a like a couple more stats but I do have a um proposal for how we can change the Olympic games at the end cool. of all my hard facts cold truths. Um <laughs> so <laughs> Um, Also, in Atlanta, they destroyed the city's first housing projects to build Olympic stadiums. They had to rehouse 6,000 residents who were living in public housing and displaced over 24,000 people. Um, Oh, my God. (laughs) One country listed the pros and cons, and the pros were the legacy, and then the cons were going into debt, unnecessary infrastructure, increased rent, and unjust displacement. So it seems like there's a little bit... (laughs) A little bit of an unbalance there. Yeah, it doesn't seem... From a Libra's perspective, maybe don't do it. Maybe don't do it. It seems like there's not a lot of pros. Um, Montreal hosted the Games in 1976, and they were in debt until 2006 from um, the money that they had to spend to build all the facilities and change the infrastructure, and they never actually paid off their debt. They were just forgiven for it. So they never paid off their debt. Took them 30 you just years. Forgive people for debt? Yeah, people's debts are forgiven sometimes. It happens a lot with like countries and like cities right. more than it does with people because apparently we don't care. Who did about they people, owe money but... to? That's 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 the part that really confuses me about <laughs> about countries. I guess being Montreal in debt. Like, could owe who? money to Canada, maybe. They could like have borrowed money from Canada. Yeah, that's because it's a city in a country, but I get really confused when Okay, countries. sorry. <laughs> Yeah, let's not get into that. That's a whole other discussion because I don't understand economics. But um, there was also, so Athens in Greece 
hosted the games. And it's theorized by a lot of people that hosting the games is what triggered their economic collapse, which they're still living through today. And the games in Athens cost taxpayers an average of €50,000 for each household. And that's about $74,000 in Canadian. So each household had to pay that much in taxes to pay for the games. That's so sad. And just remember that, like, countries bidding on the Olympic Games, they don't ask their citizens. They just bid. Or I guess not Mm. countries, cities. They just bid. And then they use taxpayers' money to pay for it. So it kind of seems like a fucked up way to do it in my head. Because you're asking, like, us to pay for something that you're not asking us if we want. And then the city... I... I guess so. But they don't no, ask don't us if so? we want, like, health care. They don't ask us if yeah, we Yeah, but want... healthcare is servicing us. They don't right, have to ask me Olympics... if I want it. Like, I'm going to use health care. Am I going to use the Olympics? <laughs> like, how? I'm going to watch them. It'll be <laughs> yeah. fun, but, like... On TV. Like, I won't go to the stadium. I won't become a tourist in my own country. Yeah. Like, hockey yeah, is paid I mean... for from private funds. It's, mm-hmm. like, not sense. from taxpayer money because, like... You know, that wouldn't make sense. And I don't think it makes sense that taxpayers have to pay for the Olympic Games. Yeah, it doesn't really benefit them. I see what you mean. Mm. Like, if cities want to do that. Like, what? Hmm. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> what is the point? So, so, a lot of countries have actually started to catch on to the fact that hosting the Olympics, the Olympic Games does a lot more harm than it does good. Okay. Good. So bidding for the 2020 games and the 2026 games actually like significantly went down. Okay. So six countries withdrew their bids because of costs. And in the run for the 2026 games, there's actually only one country. So it's Sion, (laughs) Switzerland, who currently has a bid. There was one other, one other city, sorry, in Austria who also had a bid, but then that city asked their citizens if they wanted the Olympic Games, and their citizens said no, and they withdrew their bid. So there's only one country with a bid right now for the 2026 Games. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, Wasn't... Didn't they already build a stadium in Tokyo for for the Olympics? Because they had planned it for a while, right? And it was canceled for 2020. Yeah, I don't know how far they Tokyo. Sorry, this is 2026. Yeah, yeah. That's when the next Olympic Games are, though. So why wouldn't they oh, just true. do it? I don't know. In, yeah, remember. I think these that, articles yeah. <laughs> from were from before the coronavirus. True. And before they true. knew that the Tokyo Games were canceled. Also for the Tokyo Games, something that I learned is that, like, Tokyo is not actually a suitable place to have the Olympics because it's actually too hot for athletes. And they had to move oh a bunch of the games out of the city because, like, it would be too hot Seriously? for people to run in the city. So I was like, why are we even doing that then? Like... They just What's don't the point? That. Isn't the whole thing for the athletes? Like, we should make it like, a place that athletes can actually, like, do sports. That's so fucked. I've yeah. actually heard some interesting stories about, like, when the Olympics were hosted in, I think, Vancouver and people mm. in Europe were training at different altitudes because, like, Vancouver, because they were doing, like, the Winter Olympics there. So mm-hmm. they were actually training at different altitudes, which I think yeah. is pretty cool it to is prepare cool. themselves for the climate, right? Mm-hmm. But for Tokyo, how would you prepare yourself for extreme heat if you're trying you're to run? in a sauna? Like that, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that isn't... It isn't doable, really. 
Like, you're not supposed to run in extreme heat. Sometimes we were forced to do indoor recess in extreme heat. Mm. <laughs> but, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, so it doesn't I really make point. sense. I don't really get um, it. <laughs> and then there's a professor at UBC that said this is actually starting to happen a lot, where countries are starting to, like, poll their citizens before they make a bid, before they make this, like, investment, which isn't an investment. It's just... Right spending um Mm -hmm. and citizens are like overwhelmingly saying no we don't want to pay for the games so less and less countries are bidding and then there's also an issue that um like bigger and bigger proposals are being put onto the table um Mm -hmm. so it's almost creating like an inflation in proposals so people are having to propose like more and more impressive things and people Mm -hmm. are now proposing a lot of things that they can't actually deliver on um, so oh, it's just become shit. this, like, weird game where, like, it's the best proposal that someone can make up or, like, imagine. And it's not actually a realistic yeah. proposal. Uh, um, quick question about the proposals. Yeah. yeah. Does the money go, like, the money that all the other countries put in and then they lose the bid, do they, does that money go towards no. the stadium no. building? So, oh, does it go back to the country? No. It goes Got to lost. the Olympic It goes committee. to the Olympic? Again. <laughs> why? Why? <What? laughs> Okay, listen to this. So in uh, the IOC, which is the Olympic, which is the International Olympic Committee, came out with this thing called Vision 2020, where they proposed that cities could keep (laughs) some of the profits of ticket sales to try to offset the cause. Vision to figure that one out. (laughs) No shit, no shit. They should keep some of the profits. They built all these huge facilities for you. Like, it just seems like the most fucked up system where the Olympics is like, you're going to pay me to apply for something. And then when you win it, you have to pay for it. And then when we come and use it, we're going to keep all the profits for it. Like, that makes no sense. That's not how it works. That's not how anything Uh, works. Like, someone had to build this. Someone had to work for this. Someone had to hire a damn architect and then all the production that went into it. And you're just going to be like, okay, peace. Have fun with your 30 years of debt, bitch. Yeah, and they say that it, like, (laughs) creates jobs because so many people are now employed building it and, like, driving the new transit lines and working at the games. temporarily. Yeah, exactly. These jobs last for yeah. up until the Olympics, the 17 days of the Olympics, and then they're over. So that didn't help anything. And also, the no, IOC didn't. came out with Vision 2020, um, but the <laughs> the 2026 bid system still remains unchanged. So they kind of like proposed this big system, Great. but they're not actually using this big system. Big lies. Um, so the system doesn't really make sense. It's a fishy system. It's basically rich countries and rich cities that are able to get the games and hold the games. Um, and then the other countries just kind of have to deal with it. Um, so I have an alternative system that I would like to propose. So what happens is you can apply to have the games in your city. Okay doesn't cost anything Mm. to apply. You can just apply to have the games in your city. Every country that wants to come to the games, okay, has to make a donation that is proportional to their GDP and social equity. Okay, so it's just a percentage of their GDP and then based on, like, the social services that they're able to provide their citizens, okay? So richer countries and equitable countries have to pay a lot more, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then countries that are not able to pay more can pay less. And then countries are randomly selected... Pull it out of a hat. Great. This city gets the Olympics. And they are given the facilities. 
And then further than that, the facilities are built in places like community centers and universities. So that once the Olympic Games are over, these facilities continue to be used. Because it's been proven there's been a couple of Olympic Games that have built their facilities on university campuses. And the buildings continue to get a lot of use. So that's been proven to work. And like... The transit systems are only going to be transit systems that service people who actually need to go to these locations. Mm -hmm. So that's that's my proposal. And actually, um, L.A., the city of Los Angeles, um, (laughs) they put in I I was kind of confused. Let me Google this now as to if they already did this or if they just have a proposal. Okay. Okay. so they have had an Olympics. Okay, I don't know if this was in the past or if this is now, but basically their, their proposal or the games that they had, they um, were not going to build any new facilities for them, only update existing facilities. And they either did or are proposed to um, make a $200 million profit off of the games. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah, and that's the way it should be. Especially if the Olympics is keeping most of the ticket sales, they should... I don't understand, like, where that money is going to. Like, if you're an Olympics facilitator, you just, like, get paid a lot of money? For nothing. I don't get it. For being on the selection committee of selecting the Olympics, what are you doing with the money? Where does the Olympic money go? I don't know. But, like, people are literally paying the Olympics so much money. That's so fucked For up. their city. I never thought it was a paying thing. I always thought it was random. I'm not going to lie. Well, I a lot know of... that that's how they selected people. Technically, a lot of the money isn't going to the, like, Olympics committee. Because, like, the money that you have to pay to build a proposal, you're paying to, like, like salaries and stuff like that of people to put together proposals. That's not going to the Olympic committee. But, like, it is a bidding system um, for the Olympic yeah. committee. And then they do get a lot of the profits from the games from ticket sales oh, and stuff okay, like that I see. yeah 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 hmm. it makes sense why no one wants to host them anymore i mean that yeah really sounds like yeah like you've been point? exposed like, olympics you put your country on the map you for 17 days it and out. then everyone forgets about you i wish that after the olympics leaves because mm. obviously like the facilities aren't going to be used i don't think there has like maybe there's been one example where like the facilities were actually used but i can't think of it they should turn the facilities into something useful if they're not going to put it on like a campus or something Mm -hmm. like that like maybe turn it back into affordable housing or actually be the people to be there tear it down and build something else that could actually benefit the community Mm -hmm. i mean beijing almost did that they were so close so close yeah Uh um so like the (laughs) the like hotels that they built and the like uh, living quarters for the um athletes that they built once they leave, are being turned into apartments. So they almost did it, nice. but they're being turned into luxury apartments. Damn so it. Only for really rich people. So they, oh, they were God so close. They almost got there. So, you almost had it. Yeah. <laughs> damn it. That sucks. <clears throat> Good opinion. Thanks. Thanks. It was kind of a strange opinion, <laughs> a little all over the place, but I think you guys got the gist of it. The Olympics don't work. Let's yeah. revamp them. Change it up.
All right, everyone. And that brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for sticking around and listening to Lydia's opinion about how cannibals are misunderstood. And they all. (laughs) Cannibalism isn't that bad. So just like rethink your stance on that one. Um, And also thank you for listening to my opinion about how the Olympics are a stupid system and they don't really work. Um, you can let us know what you think by reaching out to us on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is very.unimportant.people. You can also shoot us an email. Our email is hatersclickhere at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a Twitter, which is vunimportantppl. Um, and as always, you can always follow us on Patreon. That's a great place to be. Am I missing anything? TikTok? You can follow us on TikTok if you want. I think a lot of the stuff that we put on TikTok goes on our Instagram anyways. Um, But you can definitely follow us on TikTok because sometimes there's a very unique and funny video on there just for you guys. So yeah, look out for the poll. It'll be posted either on Tuesday and Wednesday. You can participate in the poll and you can let us know your thoughts. That's going to be up on our Instagram. And I hope you guys have a great week. Have a a great. (laughs) I wished everyone a great week. I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's okay. It happens to the best.